Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and my fabulous co-host Lawson. Lawson, you've been singing away even just before we came <laughs> yeah. on. Come on, I think you should give them a little rendition. I think we'll leave it to the music that plays yeah, normally. Yeah, what do you right, reckon? That's hey. right. It's too early in the morning for, for us to use our singing voice. But we can use our talking voices because we're here on The Breakfast Show, living our best lives, getting it done. Absolutely. What another exciting day, two days before the weekend, which is always Mm. a nice thing. But we're excited because we're on with our listeners again today, Australia-wide. And I'm also excited. My sister, my other sister, you know how last weekend I saw one sister from Interstate. Well, the other sister is flying in tonight for the weekend from Brisbane. So I feel somewhat special. Like, you know, it's going to be... Just a nice weekend to have time, quality time with my sister. Yeah, that's awesome. I, well, I was looking forward to quality time with my grandparents this weekend because my mom is actually graduating today from yes, her MBA. Shout out. Congratulations. Shout out my mom. Shout out Lishi. Um, she's, she's graduating for, for her MBA. My grandparents were going to come up oh. and we were going to hang out and we were actually going to do a, what we call, <laughs> we call it fake Christmas. It was, it was kind of like a bit of a Christmas celebration with them because my grandparents parents are getting quite up there and it's like okay let's you know spend t- some time together and make some special moments but unfortunately my nana got covid like and she found out just before she got on the plane oh, and it's so sad no. so they didn't come up she's okay she's fine like she's had covid before and so it's not hitting her quite as badly but just yeah she she was like ah you know just her being sick and whatnot you know she she couldn't come up so that Can was she watched the thing live that's Are they right streaming they've, it live got, or they've not? got the live stream oh, cool. newcastle uni where my mom's graduating from is pretty legit with their live streams and stuff oh, like that so great stuff still it'll be awesome but it'll be amazing to celebrate my mom's amazing achievements yeah. as well and coming up on our show today we have our interview with rod bailey looking at agriculture and gardening which is always fascinating in our new segment we're looking at debts being paid and we're looking at theft two interesting ones and in the bible study time after eight o'clock we're looking at mission to the unreached and it's entitled send her away you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different it has come time for us to do our first quiz question. And as I'm looking down, we've got some really long ones today, yeah, haven't we? So, you so gotta you've got to be really Lawson will slow down his speech so you can catch it all. Right. First quiz question here. What is the best way to ask someone out? Nah, just kidding. We were talking about that in, in the break. We were talking we were talking about romance, etiquette and whatnot. Anyway, just, I don't need to know all about yeah, stuff right. here. Hey, back to Positively Different Radio and Faith FM. What did Jesus place before the church of Philadelphia that no one could shut? So this is a very Revelation-esque question. We're looking at the first couple of chapters there, talking about this church of Philadelphia. And that question is, what did Jesus place before the church of Philadelphia that no one could shut? Or maybe you're not a, you know, familiar with the Bible and you're like, wait, when was Jesus in, in, uh, in, in the United States? Well, no, the Philadelphia <laughs> is named, it's, a, it's actually a, uh, a city in the area of Greece and of like so many, actually so many Bible words and so many Bible town names are used in the United States as well. I was like, like I have a friend who lives in Smyrna 
in, wow. in, in the US. You do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They, they, live, they live in Smyrna or like, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's another town I saw that was like New Thyatira. This is like in the US. I'm like, man, so many biblical names floating around there. But hey, if you know the answer to this one, 0491-064-669, what did Jesus place before the Church of Philadelphia that no one could shut? Yeah, and it's things that we know from every day we're seeing mm. it, aren't we? That's the clue. <laughs> we, yeah. we like to give some clues away. Oh, yeah, I almost said sure. something else, but I can give that clue at the very end. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't go, don't but, go too crazy. Don't make it too easy. This answer, we actually see it every single day. Mm. So, And, hey. of course, guys, you want to answer this because we have our oh. amazing prize for this week, Revive Cafe Cookbook number eight. We want to give that to you absolutely for free. So, again, 0491-064-669. Answer questions correctly you will get in the draw which will happen tomorrow at 8 45 absolutely and this morning we want to say a special hello to our listeners in chinchilla yes shout out chinchilla <laughs> up in queensland have you been there i've never been there but i know so much about it because i've got like friends who are from there i've got there's there's some of my friends there's four sisters who are from chinchilla oh and four. Four, wow. four sisters from chinchilla up that way they tell me all about it that it's like the watermelon capital of Australia and every year oh, they have a watermelon true. festival. Yeah, I've seen this big watermelon here on the website. Yeah, true. So right. right, so how does this watermelon festival go? I think they just eat watermelon and jump on watermelons and probably th- throw, see who eats the quickest throw watermelons at each other oh, just just all kinds what of a wa- waste if they throw it at each well, other it's you know it's a celebration of watermelon you know it's like we yeah i I, th- I think it sounds like a good time they all love it so it's hey shout out chinchilla shout out everyone living up in you know that area of queensland listening i believe it's what 88.0 fm that they're yeah, listening yes on. it is and hey again Give us a text if you're from that area, 0491-064-669. And tell us all, or if you've been up there and been part of the Watermelon Festival. Festival, yeah. Yeah, let us know and tell us what you actually did. We'd love to know. 0491-064-669. Hey, we love good news here, positively different news. Mm. Um, of course, at the moment, you know, something that, that is happening, um, of course, in Australia that we saw yesterday is the in Cairns, the... The, the bad cyclones. So let's keep the folk there in our prayers because mm. that's not necessarily good news, of course, for the people there in Cairns, Port Douglas and around that area. But we have some good news here from America today. Mm. This one is about a mum, a young mum, unfortunately, um, who had terminal cancer. She's mm. since passed away back in November. But before she actually passed away, she did something amazing. She actually announced her death on social media and she actually raised over $900,000 for a whole lot of strangers to clear their medical debts. That's amazing. Yeah. So you kind of got to wonder, well, how did that happen, right? Yeah, and how does this money get distributed to people? I imagine it's like a GoFundMe, but who who exactly is it going to? Yeah, yeah. So there's a particular site. It's called RIP. 
RIP, let me just grab that again. It's um, RIP. Um, It'd probably be dedicated to her, right? It's like a site that yeah, they set up. Yeah, it's an American memorial. site, basically. Yeah. RIP, basically, for Americans. And it's actually a debt clearing agency. Ah. So she actually did a, you know, with that. So she didn't. Um, set up a GoFundMe oh, page okay. for herself or anything else like that. She was working but with this company that works. The she wasn't debt. working with them. No, she just knew about them and she oh. actually just tapped into them. Wow. And so basically she, she actually advertised it. So she had stage four ovarian cancer. So unfortunately, mm. you know, left behind is her husband and, um, a young baby as well. Yeah. She only had a few days left. So she, um, basically wrote this heartfelt message to her friends and family expressing her, her gratitude to them. And before she passed away, she, oh, there, there is the non-profit RIP medical debt agency. Mm. And so she arranged to actually buy and forgive the medical debts of strangers. Mm. So, which is interesting because I thought, okay, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a way that people put money in to clear other people's debts. But mm. I just thought, oh, how does this whole forgiveness thing work? Which I, I couldn't actually find anything much on that part of it. But the thing is that her campaign for that went viral really, just really, really quickly. Yeah. And she went, you know, over the 900,000, uh, Dollar mark. Now, here's the interesting thing. Of course, here in Australia, we have Medicare, right? Yeah. In America, and you'd, you'd vouch for this, um, Shell, and you'd probably be able to tell us even a little bit there if you want as well. But, but medical stuff is so expensive mm. in, um, any medical treatment is a massive, massive cost in the States. Yeah. Okay. And it's not just because of lack of universal health care, but also the prices of the items themselves are just like incredibly inflated. As, yeah. As a result of lack of supply and just having a bigger population in general. And so it's incredibly expensive. Yeah, absolutely. In every what, way. What's up, Shell? Which is why people are in and out so quickly and they don't get, you know, proper care. Because, like, my dad was in hospital this week for, and he had to get defibrillated three day, three times. Oh, wow. And he was out within a couple of hours. No. <laughs> you're like, how is that even possible? Yes. Yeah, overnight care. Yeah, right. No, no like, overnight care, nothing, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, and then they don't know really what's happened with him once he's gone home because really exactly. he could go home and he could die at home mm-hmm. literally as soon as he gets home, yeah, which is wow. really dangerous, isn't it? So. Yeah. I guess that's why you came shell to Australia. <laughs> yeah. Well, apart from Lyle, of course. <laughs> apart from Lyle. But here's the thing. So the RIP debt agency, the way it works is that you make a donation and they use um, analytical points, um, the debt for those who are most in need and then they mm. distribute it. The second thing is that RIP actually buys the uh, medical debt at a steep discount as well and bundles the dollars together mm. and this means that the donations can relieve loads and loads of people yeah, which wow. when you think about it particularly like in this lady's case her name is Casey the thing is in her case and in so many other cases when somebody's terminally ill it's a longer term in a lot of cases it's a longer term um you know illness and mm. and and problem and and the the treatment that's required is quite expensive mm. and so you know something like this is really quite quite amazing 
And, yeah. and they say here that over 100 million Americans, one in three, struggles with the weight of medical debt. Yeah. One in three. That's mm. a high number, you know. And so, yeah, so that t- they're saying together they can wipe out people's debts. So I know you've got a thought there too. So I just want to just read this verse because yeah. it. To- I, my mind went straight to the fact that, hey, you know, who's wiped our debts? Yeah, well, of course. Mm. Jesus has wiped out his debt because of sin. The penalty of death, uh, penalty of sin, and uh, when it came in, you know, and all humanity, and we've been born into it, is basically death, and not just death on this earth, but eternal death. But here's the thing: Jesus has wiped our death by dying on the cross for every single one of us. And I read from First Corinthians two, verse 14, 13 and fourteen. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your faith, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he was taken out of the way, has nailed it to the cross. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Jesus paid it all for yeah. us. He's paid our debt, and I love that. Yeah, it's it's fantastic to see, and again, like the weight of medical debt, and particularly in the United States, is is something that has sunk a lot of people even oh, like led sunken. people to yes. to bankruptcy all kinds of things because when it costs like 20 something thousand dollars to get a, an ambulance ride to the mm. hospital for an overnight stay just for like so like for a concussion like th- this is the kind of difficulties they're facing but it's fantastic that um, these people that have this initiative that is so so fantastic ultimately mm. it's it's i i couldn't think of anything better personally mm. like if i was in that situation for someone to to come in and help me out with that you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different it's come time for us to do our next quiz question please yeah look guys i know I believe in my heart that you want an amazing Revive Cafe cookbook for Christmas. I know you want it. It will be a huge blessing to you. So, therefore, you need to answer these questions correctly. There's only one of them to give away. We're giving it away in a draw. The more answers you get correct, the more chances you have to win. Here we go. The story of the wall around Jerusalem being rebuilt is recorded in which of these two books? Is it? Ezra, or is it Nehemiah? That's an either-or question, it's guys. A it's 50%, a 50-50. 50% chance of getting it right. That's so. right. Both <laughs> of these books are some of my favorites in the entire Bible. Uh, I love this part of their history. And it's such a good story with this. what this question is asking about, too. Absolutely. The story of the wall around Jerusalem being rebuilt is recorded in which of these two books? Is it Ezra, or is it Nehemiah? 0491 Zero six four six six nine. You know what? Just to make it even easier, just put an E or put an N. Producer Shell will know what's up. She she'll be able she'll be able to read that. <laughs> put an E for Ezra. Put an N for Nehemiah, and like just go in from there, guys. It's it's really easy. You want to get in this draw absolutely for an amazing prize this week. Absolutely. And where are we going with our news this morning, Lawson? Okay, so I said we're talking about theft, and we'll get to theft in a little bit. But the theft, I've got two stories this morning, and they tie to the the Church of England and what's happening there. The, the Anglican Church in England and worldwide 
as well. Because as we know, they made the decision last year to change their constitution to basically remove the part of their creed that essentially says a marriage is a lifelong union between a man and a woman. They they removed removing it. They removed those stipulations. Now hold on, hold on. This is a church, and we've got the Bible. Yes, that says so differently. That says so different, right? <laughs> we we read the book of Genesis. We read the the advice and the counsel given throughout the Old and New Testament, which is just so absolutely clear on this issue, and even in such a balanced way, like compared to say, well, Catholicism does not make allowance completely for divorce whereas like even the bible is like in in regards to sexual abuse or or, or sexual uh, misconduct like it gives allowance for divorce there and whatnot like the bible is very pragmatic mm-hmm. the bible makes allowance for remarriage like all of these different things but simultaneously in regards to being a lifelong union between a man and a woman like the Bible's clear. The Bible's clear about this. They made this change last year, and then this year they have made further stipulations on that. Just as of this previous weekend gone on Sunday, the vote was put through. So throughout this week and into the future, uh, they have now made the decision to offer blessings for same-sex couples uh, in in church. So it, if, if an Anglican right. priest is Whoa. officiating a mar- marriage, he is officially allowed from the church to to bless that union. So I wonder what they base it on. Well, that's the thing. And then the answer is a committee who voted, uh, not the Bible, not the study that's of what, God's word. That's what I mean. It's, 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 a, it's a man decision. It's not a God. That, that's right. We saw the same thing happen with the Uniting Church here in Australia, where the, like the Uniting Church here in Australia went even further. They just said, oh, well, you know, marriage, what do we even need it for? Like there, were, there was real steps. And, but this is the thing is that I know members of the Uniting Church. I know members of the Anglican Church and even reading this article about some of the responses of the bishops and the members who aren't happy with this because they are, I I believe wholeheartedly, trying to sincerely follow God. They're like, we want to live up to biblical Mm. truth. Why is the church institution taking this away from us why are they why are they changing it and as a result many of well there's a max ex, mass exodus out of these denominations I was say, and we can, have a massive impact on the people that's that right. have been worshiping well them. we can see statistically here in australia it's the uniting church the catholic church and the methodist church have had or the methodist church i should say the, the anglican church have had some of the biggest exoduses, like from 2016 to 2021, I think it was 600,000 people stopped identifying as Anglican. In Australia. In Australia. Like it's, it's, it's huge. It's massive. Simultaneously, while this is happening, you know, and it's sad to see that oh, these historic churches, these mainline Protestant churches that at times champion for biblical truth and freedom of worship and, these were true Protestant denominations have fallen so far from the, you know, the, the, mm. the, the mantra of solo scriptura and the just shall live by faith. You know, these things mm. that the, the reformation mm-hmm. was really built on. They've, they've thrown it away. They've thrown away biblical truth. They've thrown away the one thing that doesn't change. They've decided to change it. Sad. 
despite this, and again, despite seeing, and a lot of these members of these churches are very broken and they're very upset because they're like, we want to worship God in spirit and in truth. Yeah. And this is the advice that Jesus gives. Which is beautiful because that is the, yeah, I was going to say that is the advice that Jesus gives and that we're meant to follow. That's right. That There's a, a mix of, yes, it's love and it's care, but it's also truth. And that kind of gives us a perspective of, oh, well, what actually is loving and what actually is caring and there was this other story that came out and I'm doing a bit of good news today because I've just been reading. I, I keep up with these, these situations in these various denominations a lot to see what direction they're heading mm-hmm. because I'm very interested in their history and, mm-hmm. and what they've provided to the Christian world mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I, again, it's just, it just seems like bad news after bad news after bad news is, is sad. It's, it's lame. It's, you know, and we talked earlier this week about how a lot of their clergy, their high up officiate, like they're not focused on sharing the gospel at all anymore. It's just about lobbying parliament in the UK mm-hmm. or Australia mm-hmm. or in mm-hmm. the US to, to do this or do that or, oh, you know, give, give visas to refugees. And it's like, yep, do that. But also you're a leader of a church. Like let's focus on sharing the gospel, something like this. Uh, despite all of this, I, I don't know. I just came across a story this this morning from is actually from an Anglican church in England uh, that was robbed. You know, it was burgled. The people broke into the safe and stole. I think it was like four thousand dollars. Hold on, how can you break and, into a safe? Yeah, though? look, they like, was they, it somebody that knew the code? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was they like had some tools to be able to lockpick. It was a bit of an okay. older safe, that kind all of right. thing. They were able to to break in, steal a bunch of stuff, like four thousand pounds worth of merchandise that's a lot and yeah this story went out and it was like oh hey you know this this anglican church got stolen from and someone made a a gofundme page for them i brought up gofundme before Uh, someone made a gofundme page for them and all of a sudden donations started flooding in and they made their money back and and it's just like it's like from the church community they were like okay this is that is is good news really sad this church is doing an amazing work in the community helping people and whatnot and so let's prop them up in their time of need and and this is the thing i talked about this yesterday like the church experience can be one that is so positive. And actually speaking about thieving, so uh, I, I'm very connected to, well, a number of university churches, but uh, the church that we have at Newcastle Uni, one of, my, one of my best friends goes there and he was in his apartment last week and he hung his clothes out on the line, which is, you know, at the back of his apartment building. And he comes out in the morning and his clothes are gone. He's like, oh, what happened? And so then he checks the CCTV and the CCTV literally shows burglars with masks on stealing his clothes off the clothesline of his apartment building, like here in in Newcastle, (laughs) which is so sad, but it's like so, so lame for him. He's like a poor uni student from China with a capsule wardrobe, you know, doing his best and his clothes get stolen by some random, but it was all his pants that were hanging up. All his pants get stolen. He's got one pair of pants left and like, you know, the, the, the word went out a little bit like, oh, that's really sad. That, that's really tough. And some of the more kind of older members in the church who aren't students got together and they like, they took him shopping and they went and bought him a bunch of pants and looked after him. And now he's like doing well and he's got clothes. Like he's, he's poor. He's a student. And, and I feel like this, I, I could go over time after time after time where the individual kindness of the church community and how mm. much of a benefit that's been to me mm-hmm. has has just 
showed me that church can be such a beautiful thing. I talked about this yesterday, but it's something that I've just really been on lately because I feel as though sometimes I I get into a church context and I talk to people, a part of churches, and there's so much to complain about and there's so much to, there's so much gossip and there's so much maybe sadness or hurt and you know this denuda as well working working in ministry dude like you're you're dealing with these interpersonal problems that people have but then all of a sudden you can see wow when we come together when we unify when we love each other in spirit in spirit and in truth truth, you can have both you can have correct theology and sincere love for one another. And yeah, it just And we are these, called to do that too. That's right. These beautiful things can happen. Hey, let us know what you think. 0491-064-669. You're listening to the Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It has come time for our next quiz question before we have our interview this morning. Absolutely. Here we go. Next quiz question. Paul says we should give tribute to Okay, here we go. Tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honour to whom honour, while referencing what authority in Romans 13. So he says, okay, there is an authority and we should give tribute when tribute's due, custom when custom is due, fear, you know, to whom to fear, honour to whom to honour. Who is he talking about in Romans 13 when he is saying this? 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you will go into the draw to win the Revive Cafe Cookbook. We'll give that to you absolutely for free. But, hey, you need to win the draw. And to get in for the draw, you have to answer questions Absolutely. So, again... Tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honour to whom honour. Who is he talking about in Romans 13 when he is saying this? Mm, absolutely. So text us in your answers, 0491 You'll go in the draw. That happens tomorrow at quarter to nine for the Revive Cookbook. Right now we have our interview with Rod Bailey on agriculture and gardening. Hello. Good morning, Rod. Are you there? Good morning, team. Ah, so good to have you back yeah, again, stoked. Rod. Um, Lawson and I are excited to have you back on, mm. and Shell, of course, as always, as well, and our listeners. And I hear that this morning you are taking us into how to choose a good plot of land for what we're growing. And, of course, this t- at this time of the year, everything suddenly is drying up. We've had some rain, but it's starting to dry up as well really quickly. So this will be really interesting. Take us away with it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is. It is getting dry where I am on the mid-north coast. Um, mm. We were actually dec- declared drought about two months ago. Mm. And, oh, wow. um, there was no grass for the cattle and things were pretty tight. And then we had a lovely few drops of rain and everything's looking verdant. But the last, yeah, as you all know, the last week has been roasting hot and mm. dry. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're looking at 38, 39 degrees here today. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So yeah, we're we're in survival mode in the garden, trying to keep everything uh, alive. But yeah, look, site where to where to put your garden plot? Um, you know, I guess I guess this is mainly for people who are, uh, are starting off either gardening from scratch or, or maybe looking to add some more space to their garden. But I I thought we might talk about some of those factors today. Finding a good spot for a garden. Mm. So. Um, 
So how so how do how, well first first determine for us what 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 do you, what do we mean by a good plot, and secondly, okay. how do we actually hmm. work that out? Okay, so okay, what we're looking to do is is find a suitable place for plants, and mm-hmm. so the best way to look at that as the conductor. Remember, I've talked about how we're the conductor of a fantastic orchestra. Mm. So as a conductor, we're looking for the perfect venue for all the plant players to do their thing, if you like. So, okay. So let's think about what, what plants need to, to be healthy and productive. So first of all, we're looking at soil. Okay. Mm. So maybe in your, in your backyard, your front yard. Um, it's worthwhile grabbing a shovel and having a bit of a dig around and have a look at, at what soil types are there, um, how deep the soil might be. Uh, maybe do a drainage test, you know, dig a hole maybe 30 centimetres by 30 centimetres by 30 centimetres and fill it up with water and see how long it takes that water to drain away. That'll give you an idea mm. about um, if it's really heavy clay or whether, you know, that's if the water stays in the hole for a long time or if it's really sandy, the water's just going to disappear sort of thing. And so get a bit of an idea about about soil types. You might have two or three different soil types on one you know, block of land. And if you're on a larger acreage, you know, and you're looking to plant a larger garden, then yeah, this is super important. Obviously, if you're on a quarter acre or smaller, your soil types might be constrained a little bit more than if you're on a hundred acres. So soil number one, any thoughts about that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I, I I I just love the concert analogy you gave before, and the soil that we're we're determining determining some acoustics here. You yeah, know, just yeah, make, I love like, that yeah, too. Yeah, getting 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 a place where the sound or has got to bounce around right. For the but, players, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but really, yeah, that the nutrition for the plants. I mean, uh, what definitely that's step one because what could be more important than where their food is coming yeah. from? I agree, and you know, we've only got time to give a brief overview here obviously we could spend for week talk for weeks about soils etc but but anyway soil let's go for that the next thing is uh, a microclimate um Mm. so we're looking at things like where the light is falling where it's it's hot afternoon sun on the westerly side of your house or or where you've got shade trees that might might Mm. block light coming Um, and then we've got things like uh, aspects you know, is your garden facing towards that north or the northeast? Um, you know, and then we're talking about things like um, slope. Um, are you on a really steep slope? You know, gardening on a slope is definitely possible, but the steeper it is, the more difficult it is to keep mm. soil. Mm. It would run down. The water would, when you water it, all of, all of it would drain down towards That's the bottom. Why not? That's it. And there's strategies that you can use to overcome those sorts of constraints. But, you know, all things considered, if you've got a relatively flat piece of, of garden plot versus a steep one, I would cho- choose the, the flatter one. Mm. Um, you know, and obviously light is so important to plants. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, um, I did some consulting a couple of weeks ago at our friend Michael's place. He's, he's looking to expand his garden. He was concerned, you know, his site was co- – quite sloped um to the north where obviously our sun comes from there were very tall Mm. trees he was concerned that he wasn't going to be able to grow anything because he just had too much shade um but you know when we looked at it close to his house um where it was particularly shaded you know he could grow those plants that don't mind more shade or don't require so much sun 
Um, you know, and then further out into his open space, you could, he could plant the plants that need more sun, um, and that don't tolerate the shade so much. So, so, so Rod, yeah. just a question with that. How do we find out? how much sun or how much shade plants require? I know we go to a nursery and we might ask those questions, but, like, what, what are the best ways to work out, you know, yep. where, to, where to plant some of those things? Okay, so general rule of thumb, um, the, the sorts of plants that we grow in summertime, tomatoes, cucumbers, zucchinis, capsicums, eggplants, you know, those sorts of things, mm-hmm. um, that you, you can tell that they're much happier in the sun mm. than the plants that we traditionally grow during winter, gotcha. like, um, yep. like our silver beet and our spinach, you know, and the lettuce and stuff like that, those things that are more tender, mm-hmm. green, tender leaves sort of thing. So um, they both tolerate the cold really well and, and they don't, require or they don't like this this the sun that we get in our australian summers so mm-hmm. yeah and there's there's a lot of plants that can tolerate shade and tolerate sun as well but that's just a general rule of thumb mm. um if mm. you like mm. yeah mm. that's helpful yeah. to know that's really helpful yeah. to know yeah hey, okay, I, um, go on. I just wanted to ask you a question so i'm like a real gardening newbie you know i just i i, I don't know a lot of what's going on but i have i have a question to ask like we're talking about soil and, and sun and whatnot, would the, say if you have like a, you, you talked about this person's biome and it's like, oh, yep, yeah, they've got these trees and this is limiting the sunlight. I'm, I'm thinking my, my question is along the lines of obviously depending on what kind of biome you have, that would de- that would come into factor into deciding what plants you actually put down, right? And what, what things you actually end up growing is there just an optimal state of a garden of like this is the best thing to grow everyone or is it more of a sliding scale of oh these this kind of biome and this kind of situation or circumstance is the best to grow this versus this situation is the best to grow this I, i'd love to get some perspective on that because it's like are we just going for perfect that can grow any everything or is it oh it's better to do this here or do this here Okay, so um, let's talk briefly about the ideal, which is a scary thing. Mm. And so what we've got ideal is some fantastically fertile soil, rich of rich in organic matter, well mineralized, okay, mm-hmm. well drained soil. And it's, it's, it's on a northeast slope. So it's just a gentle slope towards mm. the north. All right. And it's, but there's protection from the wind. It's not too windy. Sure. Right? And so, so it, it might be a little patch that's surrounded by some windbreaks or some trees sort of thing. And why the northeast is that's the very best aspect. You get that you get that early morning sun and then you get the sun during the course of the day, but then you're protected from the hot afternoon, westerly mm. in the afternoon sort of thing. And obviously there too, you've got really good water access. Mm. Um so you've, you've got plenty of water on site and you've got your irrigation all set up and it's close to you, all right? Mm. It, it's, it's not a long way away. Um, and it's in, it's in a place where you're going to really enjoy looking at your garden. So it's aesthetically pleasing and it's mm. got easy access. So if you bring in a trail load of compost or something or other, you can get close enough and your beds are wide enough so you can push a wheelbarrow down in between. And it's, it's secure. 
All right. Um, it's secure from varmints, from wallabies or kangaroos or deer. Oh, for people, so- or- <laughs> or, or people. People like it's Lawson a- that would pinch the food. <laughs> hey, 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 don't put that on me. You know, so that's kind of the ideal. Um, mm-hmm. If you like, but very few of us have a situation where we can have the ideal. Like I've, I've got 270 acres here, wow. but our garden is actually on a western slo- gentle western slope. And so, and it's subject to the wind. Um, we get strong westerlies and we get the strong um, westerly sun as well. And why that is, is because historically when we, when we started the garden, a garden with all the infrastructure mm. was already established there. So we're making the best of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's what we all need to do. Maybe two or 3% of us are going to have the ideal situation. Mm. Um, so we've got to make the best of what we've got there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic to know. And I think that's really encouraging for someone like myself, garden newbie. Uh, if I, if I have the, the, the desire to start a garden, I'm like, I can, I can tick a lot of those boxes. You know, it's like, okay, good sunlight, decent soil. Da, da, da. It's like, okay, I can find somewhere yeah. to establish something and get something growing at the very least. Yeah. And you know, there, there are multiple major factors here, right? And if we can get two or three of them, you know, within some half decent parameters, then we can manage what's not ideal. Mm. And we're all in that situation where we're making the best of a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. Or, or potentially bad situation. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And, and I guess, you know, I guess, Real, would it be fair to say that when you've had one lot of good, well, either way, it could go either way, that you, when you've had a bad crop or if you've had a b- good crop, then it's just like, if you've had a good crop, you go, okay, this is the spot. This is why it's growing well here. But if you've had a bad crop, it's like, um, you might want to give it a go again or something, would you? Or otherwise just go like, hey, let, let's move where we think we give it a try for the next time. What's the best thing with that? Yeah, possibly. But, you know, coming back to the the con- conductor concept, you know, sometimes conditions for a, a person playing in the orchestra just aren't perfect. You know, they mm-hmm. had a really bad, bad night's sleep. Yeah, or, so or the violin hasn't been tuned. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's <laughs> There's so many different factors, and to be successful for an orchestra to to hit it and everyone just go wow, mm-hmm. how much practice does it take? Mm-hmm. Okay, so practice for you know uh, to to one piece it might be uh, you know a hundred hours as that orchestra has come together for that one piece, but each individual has been practicing for thousands of hours to get them to the point where they can be really on site. Right. And so um, one of the principles when we're gardening is that we want to fail fast and fail often in the sense that we mm. learn by our, both our successes and our failures. So just because something is a, a failure, you know, you plant some lettuce and they don't do, do well. Okay, well, look, look at the circumstances or, 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 or what's going on around that lettuce. Okay, were the seedlings too large when I watered when i planted them did i not keep the water up to them mm. you know if we have a particularly hot you know this heat wave conditions that we've got at the moment let us struggle during that okay so mm. <clears throat> you, you need to look at the different factors and as as you go through your gardening experience you'll start to see patterns okay and and as you read books or you read blogs or whatever these little pieces of the jigsaw puzzle will start 
falling into place and you go ah okay all right so my lettuce need a little bit of shade so it's going to be hot this week so when i transplant my lettuce out i'm going to put a little piece of shade cloth over them for the worst first week or two of their life Mm -hmm. that's that's Mm -hmm. that's that simple tip can save so much heartache for anyone that's growing lettuce so we we planted about 600 lettuce seedlings yesterday you know it was 36 degrees here wow and you still planted them yeah we did and and they the wilt the whole wilt thing went into into thing but we they we didn't die they didn't die because we immediately had we had the shade cloth there the hoops to hold the shade cloth off the lettuce we had it all there ready to go brilliant Uh, we planted into lovely moist soil and so it was a it was a terrible potentially terrible situation for the lettuce but we've learned how to manage growing lettuce in in our hot time and so um you know a little bit of adjustment turned abject failure into success but why i had to plant yesterday is i looked at the forecast over the next week and it's not getting any better Mm -hmm. i have to plant these seedlings in these few days you know i've got a window of a few days but if i had have left them to an ideal place ideal time with temperature etc etc i would have lost them so you've got to make the best of the situation thank you so much rod always fantastic tips that we can apply and we all the best with those lettuce um, seeds growing you've got the shade cloth on and everything thank you for your tips that we can apply thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM